Wouldn't it be great if three idiots picked apart each episode of your favorite podcast? We do that. Wouldn't it be great if we discussed the newest episode, ongoing theories, and predictions for what comes next? We do that. Wouldn't it be great if they didn't ruin the podcast at all and kept everything spoiler-free? We don't do that. You've been warned. Chris. Ahoy. 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 I'm your co-host, Jake. Ahoy. 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 I'm your other co-host, Colin. Ahoy. Ahoy. This week's episode, the San Francisco Live Show. Uh so for your synopsis. Uh, the boys go on a sailing adventure. Uh, ahoy! 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 <laughs> ahoy! <laughs> ahoy! Uh, they get duped by uh, Captain Port. A trusted friend. A formerly trusted friend. Hmm. Uh, uh, we'll get into that, I'm sure. Uh, and then they go fight some ghost people ships. And a kraken. The giant octopus. Giant ass octopus. A giant ass octopus. So giant, so octopus. So ass. <laughs> well, we'll get into that <laughs> later. That's on our other podcast. <laughs> you can only find that one on the dark web. <laughs> oh, you'll find it right here. Um, uh, so I'm guessing we don't want to go over predictions from last week. No. Last week was an angry week. I don't think we want to go back there at all, really. Fair, fair, fair. Not last week, two weeks ago, but you know. Well, yeah, last episode. Last episode, yeah. Um, so we arrive at, a, at another live show, gentlemen. And uh, dear listeners, you know what live shows mean. We don't have a lot to say because we just kind of liked it and I thought it was fun. I think the most value-add thing I have to say is ahoy. 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 This this is just going to be annoying for the rest of the podcast. Do you think it might be a hoying? <laughs> no, you ruined it. You know, you know, I am willing to fall on that sword so that we can kill that joke here and now. Ahoy! Ahoy! Um. So yeah, I mean, I thought this was another another super fun live show. I um. We talked about this very briefly before we started, but but I don't think there's a lot of value enough for dissecting any parts of the plot, because that's not what our podcast is about. We're just sort of here to talk about what their current season is. Right. But I have a couple of plot points that yes. I do want to talk about. Good. Good. So having said that, Let's here are it. things I'm concerned with. Yes. In no particular order. Uh-huh. And specifically, this comes at the end of the episode. So what if that order is backwards? That might, I mean, that is an order. Well, I don't know. What's gonna, cool, well, because I don't know what's going to come next. But this is the thing that I'm thinking about. And oh, the okay. thing that I'm thinking about is towards the tail end of the episode when the Kraken has, through all the machinations, had its face exposed. Mm-hmm. Merle then decides to levy an attack on one of the tentacles 
not the exposed face of the beast. Oh, uh, right. Okay, so when the monster's at the bottom of the whirlpool. Right, it, and you it can see its has, beak. It still has a couple of tentacles. Yeah. Merle takes an attack right. and I think, on a tentacle. I think that was the uh, intent, though. And that's Griffin sort of signaled them to do that. By making the cannons shoot off three, so they would only have four to fight. Or shoot off four, so they would only have three. Right. But my, my logical brain said... No, I mean, I think you're making a huge assumption that the face is a weak point of the Kraken. I think I'm making the logical assumption that the tentacles are a symptom of the problem, which is the Kraken is alive. I, so the tentacles are the weapon. A Kraken with zero tentacles? Not going to be a problem. A Kraken that's dead has dead tentacles. If you kill the three tentacles, you can either kill the three tentacles or kill the head bit of it. Would you not want to aim for the head bit of it? No, you'd aim for the tentacles because you eliminate the most direct threats. I strongly disagree. Well, then I hope you are never my ship captain. I will be your ship captain. Ahoy. 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 Anyway. Uh, I mean, I think, I think logically, maybe you would go for the head, but in like, the video game world in which they play. Like, you right, the yeah. You've gotten to the, the, the head's the third phase. You're still in the second phase. Yeah, you, you gotta, gotta go, go for those identical tentacles. Identical tentacles. That feels... Identical. It does feel good. It's got a good cadence to it. Identicals. 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 I'm perfectly comfortable just saying one word this entire podcast. Is it ahoy? I will say ahoy. I will say it over and over again. Well... Check. Um, why do you think? I don't know. I don't care. The plot was fine. Like, well, it's good. Like it was I, good. I don't know. I, I don't want to dissect this thing. I was questioning Davenport's motivation to go back out there. Hey, there are ghost ships that attacked me. Uh, I warned the people, the authorities who needed to be warned. But let's sail back out there. In fairness to the storytelling. Davenport said he forgot. True, but even if you forgot, why are you going back out there? What are you doing? Yeah, that's... If I forgot... If I forget... So his first inclination was to tell Kravitz and the Raven Queen or whatever, right? Yeah. And so he forgot he did that. Right. How is his next inclination not to tell Kravitz and the Raven Queen? That was his first inclination after he forgot. Why wouldn't he just tell them again? That, no, let me get on my ship. Maybe he's got a vendetta. Yeah. The, what Do we know we about Davenport is that he is so mission focused. Like he takes these goals of his so seriously. So but what I we think don't it, know is how vindictive he. I'm just saying it's it's if his first reaction was to notify the proper authorities and he forgot he did that. Wouldn't he then again notify the proper authorities? I think you're trying to play it like amnesia, and I don't think it's amnesia, just like doing not that. Well, why wouldn't he do that? He already did it once. It's clearly something that occurs to him mentally. I'm just saying he either did... I'm just saying he... I don't think he forgot. I think he's lying. Again. Again, he's double a, lie. He's a big liar. Big liar. No, I mean, he's kind of small. He's a small, big liar. He's a dense liar, perhaps. He's a dense liar. 
Lots of lies in a little form factor. Very dense. Very dense, dense of lies. Like a den of sin, but dense of lies. Exactly. Also, um, oddly enough, that is what my insurance called it at a hit and run I had when someone didn't leave a note. A dense of lies. A dense of lies? In my car. A dense of lies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's bad. Oh, that's The problem with working from home is I don't talk to anyone all day. So then I see y'all and it's like, hey, here's all my social bits. Yeah. They're awful. <laughs> Please get ready. Here are all the puns I didn't get a chance to say all day. <laughs> that didn't carry through on Slack or email. No one laughs at my jokes on Slack. <laughs> it sucks. I need some sort of emoji that is subtly like, please laugh, but like, don't ask me why. Just that I can tack that on to the yeah, end of things. Just hashtag ahoy. Ahoy. Hashtag ahoy. I would now like to submit that the uh, the anchor emoji is officially please laugh. No, nope. Nope. Just no. Nope. Currently accepting counterpoints of what the anchor emoji means. Uh, an anchor. Yeah, anchor. But like an anchor what? Like a physical anchor? Like you're the thing that ties me to the world? No an emotional anchor, like I turn to you when I'm in a time of struggle to keep me on the right path. Nope, just an anchor. When like I one that attaches it, to a it's ship. Been in reference to the Vanderbilt Commodores, whose like uh, sports thing is anchor down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they play soccer. They, they're in college. They play all sports. Wait, the I'm, Vanderbilt Vanderbilt University. Yes, their mascot. Is the Commodore. Correct. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, Tennessee plays them every year. And sometimes we lose. Go, go tears. Well, nope. That's not uh, what we say? No, but that is what has been going. Go, yeah. Sit at uh, home tears. and cry. Guys, we've been on this episode for ten and a half minutes. I don't think we can keep saying ahoy to our audience. I guarantee we can. Jake. Ahoy. Ahoy. <laughs> Our listeners are loyal and gracious and generous with their time, and I think they get it. Ahoy. Ahoy. <laughs> Ahoy. <laughs> Is this going to be like one of those, I always find myself uh, shouting out the Munch Squad bits when I listen to Bim Bam. Do you think our, our listeners are going to ahoy with us? No. No, I don't. But should we leave a, a silence to allow them to ahoy back? So we'll ahoy and then we'll be silent for a, a moment. I think it's better if we just trust them to find the moment for their ahoy as opposed ahoy. to building the moment for them. Ahoy. <laughs> <laughs> um, ahoy. So if I, if I might... If ahoy. I might f- perhaps drive us to a more uh, more substantive talk it, topic. As I was listening and enjoying this episode... Um, I enjoyed it immensely. Agreed. What a good episode. It was a very good episode. And so I think it struck me in particular contrast to the strong feelings I had after the previous episode, which mm-hmm. were negative. Um, and I think there might be value in us taking a moment or two or 20 uh, to look at what is the fundamental difference between a live episode like this and the current campaign in Amnesty and why overall I think we give 
balance a very positive review and on amnesty we're a little bit harsher so um i agree i think that would be a valuable conversation uh before we launch into that however i was wondering how you guys would compare it or rate it compared to the other live shows so that means we're stacking it up against um the return of pedals to the metal the return of right. racing how we're stacking it up against the, the wrestling the, one. The wrestling, the, the vault thieving one. The heist. The heist. Um, and all the other ones. The HR one. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, this one would be towards the top of the list. Mm-hmm. I don't... I agree. My... My memory is not sound enough of all the other ones to definitively say it's the best one. Right. But I think this episode had some some very high quality bits. Um, there are a few things that I more desire to become a piece of art than Taco taking the spiked gangplank and riding it down towards the tentacles around the whirlpool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that was good. Some good visual moments. I did like the heist one. The heist one was good. So the the why I would put this one above the heist one is this is the first one that I can really remember where um, Griffin didn't have so much like he he saved space for them to get full around. Like it wasn't there wasn't so much action that he had scripted out that he was trying to fit in. And the heist one you may remember. Um, they were in one of the vaults, and he introduced like a, a shark because they weren't moving fast enough. And yeah, like, I'm gonna kill all of you if you don't, you know, make make a move on this puzzle. Actually, right. I'm sorry, the shark he introduced later, and then skipped because they wouldn't have time to fight it. Right. Um, but this just, this episode did seem plot light. Yeah, perhaps. it was. I just felt the pacing was so much better. Well, and. And that's and, and so that I, and if, and if that's the comparison we're going back to, I think that 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 comes down to I, I think for so that I think there are two reasons why we make this comparison, and I think one of it is because especially in early balance episodes, you know, when we, I think we've talked about this a lot. There was this room for you know, the boys to play and explore and figure things out. And it wasn't quite so focused on driving the story forward every moment of every episode. Like there, there should be some story progression and there is in all of them. But I I think, I think that's a focus in these amnesty episodes is that every moment is driving the story forward. Um, And I think the other reason is just because we spent three years, right? Three, four, Three. three, three. We spent three years with balance, and that's what what we all fell in love with. And we can't shake that emotional core. And so I think I think that the first is a point that is fair, and I think the second is a point that we need to constantly sort of be watching for ourselves well, to be like, oh, okay, you know, I, I need to take off my rose colored glasses when I think about what well, I do think in- for the purpose of this podcast and I think in, we've invented in fairness and objectivity I think the live episodes um, very much personify for me what I remember balance as being 
but I know objectively that it's not true. I know that balance was slower paced. I know there were very, very quiet moments. I know there were slow moments. I know there were structured moments that um, a live show certainly does not. While I feel like that is the um, the soul of balance, perhaps mm-hmm. I, it is not what the experience of listening to balance was. And I and so I think Jake, to your second point, absolutely we have to be mindful of that sort of disconnect. I also think while that I have posed this question, I think it is a little bit of an unfair comparison because the live shows are meant to be loose and funny and stupid and one-offs and nothing matters. I just want to entertain people for two hours. Right. Right. Well, and that's fair. And so I think your question doesn't say, didn't say why do we for the live shows is why, why do we compare balance and the state? It was just, yeah, I suppose that, that is like my question. I just think the live show sort of embodies. Yeah. What my reaction was. to a live show embodies the feelings that I have. Well, and here's so here's uh, here's what I would say, and if I I don't know if I've vocalized this on uh, through this medium before, but um, uh, you know sometimes when I think about how we're judging Amnesty and the negativity and criticalness some of us may bring to this podcast, not pointing any fingers, but probably me. Um, uh, is because I think two things really uh, one and then a continuation uh, Balance was a comedy podcast with a story mm-hmm. Amnesty is a story podcast with some comedy and the the way I judge a comedy podcast would be on how funny is it does yeah. it make me laugh and then the story bits are extra if it's a story podcast, that story has to be very tight. Like, it's, it's all the criticisms about the narrative and the logical jumps that don't make sense, like Mama tying Thacker up in her basement for two weeks or whatever it was. Right. Like, that doesn't make sense in a narrative. If this were still a comedy-first podcast, I wouldn't care. But it's clearly from probably... Uh, certainly... Um, Stolen Century onward, maybe even Suffering Game, it stopped being a comedy podcast first. And so I'm going to judge it based on how good is the story. And if the story doesn't make sense, then I will be critical of it. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's when I compare it to Balance, it's a, for the majority of Balance, it's a whole different thing that it's going for, at least in my mind. Yeah. Is it's not comedy first. It's now story first. Right. And I'm going to judge it based off its narrative instead of based off its comedic content. I mean, I'm still going to judge it on both, but I'm going to put the narrative side first. Yeah, I think that's that's perfectly fair. And I think that certainly speaks to what the McElroys have articulated as the goal of of Adventure Zone going forwards. Yeah. When, was, when, when did the term narratively interesting? become introduced to the lexicon because it wasn't in here there be garbage no but neither was like any semblance of no i mean very true but i don't think i don't think you know and i don't know i recently re-listened to balance so i should probably know when it got reintroduced but it would be the third or fourth arc at least before you know that became a vocalized thing instead it was this oh what would make the best bit we go, oh, we're going to do this because it's too good not to do it. This is going to be so funny. Yeah. And I, I, um, 
I wonder for certain things if it's a matter of how much all of them want to be telling a story um, versus... What I want to get at is I think we often levy criticism against Griffin for mm-hmm. railroading. Um, and I think there are moments where it's certainly valid. And I think there are moments where maybe we're proceeding too far or sort of just not not opening the door to another um, another opportunity. But I, I think also that, that those same inclinations and those same choices are present in this live episode where Griffin drastically changes the story to suit what he wants to happen. For instance, Merle... Uh, I'm going to point out my sort of poor listening as I was going through this, but um, at one point, every tentacle is suddenly exposed, not just the three of them. Mm-hmm. And so Griffin puts the narrative... When Taco makes the choice to ride the surfboard, Griffin then writes out that oh it takes out all the ones to get back to the three so that was when um magnus took over steering right and brought a broadside and the person fired the cannons yes and i don't i wouldn't consider that railroading i would consider that it's just it's a live show and having it, he had each of the tentacles acting as a separate entity mm-hmm. and instead of trying to dictate where seven of them are going to go or six of them or whatever it was it's easier to just deal with three and so I would, I mean, it is, it is the, the DM just saying, hey, no, we're going to do this so it's easier for me to handle. Yes, I think this episode included railroading, but I would differentiate it from the railroading about which we uh, have previously complained um, for, I think, two reasons. Uh, the first being that you know, this is, I think this was really done. I mean, obviously it's for the DM's convenience, um, but it's also to make it more manageable for the venue, for the live venue. Yeah. Um, we have, they have limited time. He doesn't want to control seven characters against. Well, and as we've seen from past episodes, speed is sort of of the essence. They, they are always pressed for time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the other piece of it is, um, the my number second number second a number second uh is that it's not it doesn't really impact the story like it's they're still fighting one i mean it could impact the story you know maybe magnus will die through cracking so they all have plot armor so you know um but it's not as though he's limiting the choices that would have a material impact on the story going forward. Okay. And yeah, I, th- I think that's a fair line to draw. That if the choice the choice being made for a player character is purely in the sense of combat or a moment, but not doesn't have any further implication. Right. Right. It's not... I, I don't see it as the same as like... I think one of my complaints with the last episode was that it feels a lot like Mad Libs, where it's just yeah. He's gonna describe what happens, and then you get to say what your character does. And he's like, this didn't feel like that to me. Yeah, and I thought the players got to do things that uh, significantly changed the story that he just rolled with, like Magnus taking charge of the boat, or adding the whirlpool, or making so they can walk on water. Well, and do you think the whole thing is? Um, 
in particular the case of the live shows, do you think it's all just because it's lower stakes, so they all do whatever they want? Um, I think that's part of it, but I also think it's, uh, I don't think it's 100% it. I think it depends on what Griffin and the boys are trying to get out of the episode. Because I think, like, the first re- the first episode, um, when they return to Amnesty after, uh, Dirt and Dust. Mm-hmm. It was called a Dirt. Different. Um, after, Slightly bigger. After Dust, it was, it felt very much the same. Where it's like, okay, what have you guys been doing? That's just, like, it doesn't really matter. It's not going to impact my story. And we'll just play with it. Um, and so Duck playing with his sword, practicing with his sword. Careful. Good. That's a better phrasing. Yeah. Um, out in the back of his apartment, like, that's something they can play with and something he can, you know, write those characters into the story. Um, all the characters Duck introduced, but, or Justin introduced. Um, versus the other parts where it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you do. Um, it's going to, the story's going to go the way Griffin. So let's, um, if we may entertain a hypothetical for a moment, <clears throat> we're in, what if I said we couldn't, Hey, that plays very well into the thing that I'm about to say. Um, Damn. <laughs> what if we're in the world of Amnesty? They go to Sylvain. And Aubrey decides, I'm not going back. This crystal has a draw for me. I'm staying here. Mm-hmm. Do we... Th- so that and that's in the moment. That's something Travis decides that Aubrey's character wants. Sure. Do we think that's a decision Griffin would respect? No. Well, I guess two things. I don't think, even if it's the decision his character will make, I don't think that's the decision Travis would make. Because in service of the narrative. In service, not only of the narrative, but of the podcast. Yeah. Splitting the party doesn't typically lead to great... It it can lead to good scenes in the short term. Right. But splitting the party for a long-term thing tends to lead to... Tends to lead to... Garbage? Garbo. Garbo. So, and I asked that question simply because, you know, you, you mentioned the point of... Magnus taking over the ship, which is obviously distinctly different stakes. Yes, 100%. 100%. Well, it kind of reminds me, so what you have, like, um, if you remember the Crystal Kingdom, where they're getting into the elevator of tomorrow and it would shrink down. Yeah. And Tahu goes, no, I'm not getting in the elevator. Are you right. kidding me? I'm not. I'm done with these things. Yeah, yeah. Last time I got into an elevator, a vine tried to, you know. Right. Eat me. Um and, and they, they, play the, they play that scene out, though. They did, but it's because it's short-term. And I don't know that he would allow it to play out long-term. Also, it was a very good scene. It's a good scene. Well, and that's, so that's the... Um, I think that's the crux of it, is I think that there would be an easy case to make for Aubrey feeling extremely strongly that she should stay in Sylvain sure. and not go back. And I think, like, I think that scene could play out pretty easily given the way they've they've built the current story um 
I think Griffin would let it happen, but maybe put up a quote unquote have the characters put up a flare later that they need support and try to get her back. Okay, so then I, I guess I might caveat that he may let it happen in the short term and let Travis and Aubrey make the decision that it's a good idea. And he would turn around and make it within the next episode or whatever that it turns out it's a bad idea and you need to be back with mom or... Right, some pile of challenges that he's... Well, I mean, regardless, we already know that Aubrey's story is on the other side. Like, it's on Earth. You know, like, the pendant is there and all... Like, so, like... Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, we're in the hypothetical, Jake. Enter the world of imagination... Uh, for our listening audience, he just did the SpongeBob things with his hands. You say ahoy to Figment, motherfucker. Ahoy. Figment? Ahoy to Figment, motherfucker? Yeah, Figment, the, the imagination dragon. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Me neither, but ahoy! <laughs> well, now I know what I'm putting in the episode description. It's a whole bunch of fucking gifts of Figment doing shit. It's not going to be ahoy. It's not going to be ahoy. It's gonna, our episode description should be one big boat anchor. Uh, sh- should be. Uh, very tangential, not really anything we're talking about. That's fine, we're going nowhere on this uh, one. How great was Clint's comment that an octopus with only four legs is a horse? That's <laughs> <laughs> well, with four because that's not an octopus. That's a horse. That's a horse. It is tricky sometimes. But if you put two horses together, that's an octopus. I, <laughs> I, I loved Justin's reaction. That's a stupid thing to say. <laughs> it's, it's so good. So it's moments like that that make me wonder, is that like Clint's natural state? And so he's just trying really fucking hard when they're doing Amnesty episodes to keep it together and not say some dumb shit. Or is he reaching during the live episode like, what's the most ridiculous thing I can say right now? It's a horse! Uh, I think it might be a little bit of both. Like, he's he's trying to reach a little more than usual. Um, but, so that's what leads him to make the comment that about the four-legged octopus anyway. Yeah. But I think in any venue he would have said horse. Like, I don't think he was sitting there trying to come up with four-legged animals, which would be the fun. I mean, horse is an important keyword for the, the McElroy fan base, so. They make a lot of horse jokes on the Bim Bam. I don't listen to Yes, as we've been over several times. It doesn't make any sense. It does. <laughs> Not for any good reasons. That. Uh, uh, so the reason. The definition of it doesn't. The reason, the reason I don't listen to the Bim Bam is I don't. This, considering my criticisms of this episode, this is going to sound really critical. Is I like listening to things that have like a continuous arc, that have a continuous, some thread connecting them. So hold on. Yes, hold I on. know. Just real quick. <laughs> Listening audience, let's all take a moment here. Let's all stare at Colin. You don't listen to Babim Bam because you think it's too structured. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Because it's, I like, so, like, what I tend to Those listen are too to. too unstructured. More of that, like, what I tend to listen to are, like, audiobooks that are long form. Nerd or nerd. things like, um, 
you know, things like hardcore history where it's a long form thing that's not going to be Double done. Alert. It's not going to be done in like 10 minutes or the bit's not going to be. It's, I've tried to listen to a bit. I've listened to like a hundred episodes of it and it just, the hope doesn't say. In a hundred episodes, you surely have encountered a horse joke. I don't think so. It's not about horses. Yeah, and ghosts that a is lot. impossible. <laughs> it's. I started at episode zero and got to. I think I'm like seventy episodes in. Actually, lots of horses. Lots of horses. That's good. If you picked up at like one fifty, you'd be in prime of Bim Bam Nation. But that's it's it's it, the hook doesn't sing because it's just. Is it because it's not an anchor? It's, yeah. The, yes. Instead of a hook, they should have used an anchor. Ahoy. Ahoy? I love this. I hate this episode <laughs> that we're currently creating. Um, I want I want to find pithy and structurative. <laughs> oh, that's a fun word that doesn't exist. <laughs> structurative. Um, I got I I, I want to find pithy things to say and talk about this episode, but I think the live shows are hard. I don't think there's a there's a lot for us to discuss, nor is there a reason for us to bring it up on our, our particular brand of podcast that we've created. So one thing I do want to discuss very briefly, is because I did just talk about how I like these longer form narratives, which does contrast with liking live shows because they are immensely short form. But I do like It that. does pair well with trying to elongate this episode in which we have very little to talk about, but keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm very good. Creating your own long form narrative. Very good at that. Uh, two things. Um, a, uh, I feel like this episode is still longer than the Boom Day. Uh, B, is that all of these characters also have a backstory, and so it fits into that, into the canon somewhere, and you don't need to reintroduce the characters. Um, and so wait, 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 wait. Are we still comparing this to a Boom Bam? No, I'm just because. I'm, you know, there's three like, yeah, okay, a couple right. decade long backstories to all those guys. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I wasn't there for most of that. I don't remember most of that. Uh, no, I know Magnus. So. Um, my point being that it would be easy for somebody to say I'm hypocritical for liking long form narratives and more structured. Yeah, it was and, easy. You said it. And liking the, the, well, yeah, I'm trying to head them off at the pass, Jake. I'm trying to get there before they do and explain that even though they had a good thought, they're still wrong. Do you want to make the argument or are you just going just gonna to let that statement sit? I mean, I think I've already made the argument. That they have a backstory and an hour, I could listen to an hour long narrative type structure. It's not a 10 minute one. Ahoy. No. <laughs> I'm not letting you out on Ahoy on that one. No hoy. <laughs> no hoy there, sir. No hoy. Ahoy? Stop. <laughs> well, everybody, thanks so much for listening to We Do That, a Taz fancast. As always, we'll be back two weeks from this Thursday on Wrong Thursdays with a new episode when we get back to Amnesty. If you have a moment, please do like and subscribe on your favorite podcast listening service. And be sure to get at us on Twitter at we do that underscore pod 
Or if you're feeling long form, write us an email at we do that pod at gmail.com. Before we go, we forgot to do it last week. So we want to give a double special thanks to the early for the use of our intro and outro music. Ahoy, everybody. Ahoy. 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 Ahoy.